Hey y'all, welcome to episode 40 of Art Pays Me. Today we have our first official repeat guest in Jordan Baranecki. He was originally on episode 40. So this time he's giving us an update on how Corona has affected his practice, why it's similar to his residency that he did in Poland, and why his newest project is his most dangerous he also recently got accepted into Emily Carr University in Vancouver, and he wants to like he gets into why that's exciting, despite the the dire times we're living in, especially as a an artist whose work really hinges on people gathering in a space like a gallery. Uh, I also like before we get into the episode, though, I like to talk about some of the stuff that I have coming up, so. On Thursday, May 21st, I'll be working with the Creative Kick again. I'm participating in an open discussion that's hosted by them. And it'll be me and a bunch of other creatives talking about what we're doing or not doing during the pandemic, how we're coping. That's Thursday, May 21st from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You know, maybe your creative output has come to a standstill. Maybe you're creating more than ever. Maybe you're in a constant flux like me. <laughs> Regardless of where you stand, there's power in knowing you're not alone. And uh, the rest of the panelists that are going to be sharing their stories with, with you will be Brittany Pickram, Allison Knott, Denise Allison, and Sunil Sawell. To register, visit thecreativekick.ca. I also have another initiative that's coming up that I can't really give too many details yet, but if you're interested in learning about podcasting, um, you might be interested in this. So as I get more details, I will let you know. And um, so here's something for people who are current NASCAD students or NASCAD alumni. We're doing a thing where we're helping share or build connection with with the, the greater NASCAD community. So if you're on social media and you're creating, doing work during this period and you want to see what other people are working on, make sure you hashtag your work. Hashtag keep creating NASCAD. And uh, I'm sharing my work on there. A bunch of other people are sharing their work and I'm checking it out. So make sure you jump in and participate. Let's get into the show. What up, artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Jordan, welcome back to Art Pays Me. You're my first official repeat guest. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had people, well, I did like a group um, panel, I guess you could say. And then one of the people I did the panel with was actually a guest on the show separately. And I have someone who I'd also like to interview who was on that panel too. So, but yeah, you're the first person that's just a, an official repeat guest. So welcome back. And um, for the people who missed your uh, last episode, 
what do you do? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a artist in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, which will be changing very quickly because I did get accepted to Emily Carr University in Vancouver. So right. I will be venturing there in September to pursue a master's in fine art uh, with a specialization in public art. So large scale, you know, six figure, seven figure budget, working with lots of people, uh, getting lots of people involved. So it's going to be quite the um, big transition from my current art practice, which is a lot of two dimensional work and um, some semi large installation based work. So it'll be, it'll be a challenge, but I'm definitely, definitely excited to take the next step in my career for that stuff. Well, well, congratulations for the uh, acceptance actually. Thank you. And public art. So with all of this craziness happening with COVID-19, like what does that do for you and your thinking process? Absolutely. So what does that entail? I mean, I've been asking myself that question every other day. And so the way that I'm kind of thinking about it is I'm anticipating the inevitable regulations that are going to be put in place for the art world uh, in terms of experiencing art. So there are some different cities that are already reopening their galleries, but they're on, uh, you know, very strict guidelines for, uh, you know, people ordering tickets online, people only being allowed into gallery spaces for certain amounts of time. So what I have to kind of think of for my practice in the future is firstly, you know, how, how long that might affect my practice, but how I'm going to be able to make projects that people can engage in authentically and, uh, you know, still have you know, thought provoking and profound experiences, but with these kind of guidelines in place. And so, you know, I, I know a little bit of what these guidelines might be, but we don't know the extent or the severity of uh, what it's going to, you know, how it's going to affect the way that people experience art right now. Right. Wow. So these are like a lot of big questions that I guess everyone's asking, but as as a particular someone who's dealing specifically with the public in your practice, that's crazy. It um, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How like has anything um, in terms of the work you're doing now, has that changed in any way or the way you might choose to present it changed or are you kind of waiting to, to get into school and, and start really asking those bigger questions? Yeah, well, it's a bit of both, right? So, I mean, the, the fantastic thing about being in school is that, you know, I'll be working with future colleagues for the next uh, two years that uh, they all come from different backgrounds. They'll all have different kinds of ideas of ways that we're all going to tackle this together. So that's what I'm really excited about is these engaging opportunities with all different kinds of, uh, you know, professional artists. And then the stuff that I'm kind of asking myself right now is like, what, you know, what can I, what can I do right now in the situation that I'm in to, uh, to create something thought provoking or to at least just be ready to put a project forward once I get to Vancouver. So the one, the one kind of project that I'm thinking of at the moment is a lot of those, um, inverted drawing details that I've taken uh, of my abstract drawings, but I'm creating them to, to animate them. And then I'm looking into different technologies to do projection mapping. So what that means is that if I have a space uh, kind of in the dark around a city, I can create some kind of immersive space that people can walk around or walk through or walk into 
Um, but at least if everybody is uh, safely participating, they can enjoy the experience, but they can be a safe enough distance away from each other uh, to actually be within some kind of immersive space. So, you know, I'm, those those ideas are at the developmental stage, but once, you know, once there's a little bit more of a concrete idea of what's going to happen with, uh, you know, art submissions or, you know, festival projects, uh, you know, that's, those are the next steps to take is like, how do we, how do I actually create that project? Right. Cool. Like, so one thing we didn't actually touch on in the last interview, have you ever, or is this something that you're kind of thinking as a long-term play, say working with a brand or something like that, where it's not necessarily your artwork, maybe they have stuff that they want to uh, project or a story they want to tell, but they're they're relying on your expertise and how to activate a, a location. Is that something that you're interested in too? It's a definite possibility. So, I mean, there's, you know, uh, you just never know what opportunities will come your way. And so if there's something that, uh, you know, somebody pitches to you, um, there are, you know, there, there is that definite possibility. And I mean, I'm open to it. It'll mm. just have to be kind of almost like a case by case basis. So it'll be, it'll have to be something that resonates with me as a, mm. as an artist myself. Yeah. And then to be like, okay, I can actually, I can help you and, uh, I can do a good job with it. Right. And so, yeah, you just, um, I think with being a kind of a, like a, like a fine artist, like contemporary or fine artist, um, if there's anything that's a little bit more commercial based, uh, you just have to kind of do case by case and see if it, see if it really, um, you know, works in the, the direction that you're wanting to take in the future. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Cause every now and then I'll hear about, say like a Nike or an Adidas or even someone like a beverage brand, they seem to have <laughs> pre COVID these like super interesting live <laughs> events uh, where someone with that skill set, I think would do really well. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what, if Nike came knocking, I'd be a fool not to uh, take the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be to, I mean, if you did turn it down, I'd be like, wow, that's, that's, yeah. I, I would be a little impressed actually. <laughs> you must have something really pressing going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very so, true. Well, you know, that uh, projection mapping technology, um, there's a lot of different commercial companies that use it. So, you know, they create, um, you know, different light experiences on their sneakers or they, you know, will create their, their menu board that's illuminated instead of actually physically writing something else. So there are different, um, there are different companies that are, um, looking into this projection mapping for, for commercial business. Right. Right. Cool. So, um, when you got accepted into, um, Emily, Emily Carr, right? Sorry. Was that, yeah. Um, they, have they been in touch with you as far as like what the learning environment's going to look like? Yeah, they, so right now they still have summer courses going on. Um, there's different kinds of rules and, uh, you know, regulations in place for how uh, people are able to continue these courses. And so we actually, we had a really, really nice uh, virtual meeting a couple weeks back where I was able to meet a lot of the uh, future, like my future colleagues in the master's programs that I'll be uh, spending some time with. 
and uh, a lot of the faculty from the graduate studies had stated, you know, this is, you know, there's different things that are going to be happening um, this coming year in the fall. Uh, our summer students are a bit of the pilot project. So a lot of the universities, I mean, even across Canada, are looking very closely and daily at uh, what kind of experience they're going to be able to give their students in the summer and the fall. And so that's what I'm, I mean, that's, that's the burning question for me, right? Is that, am I able to spend as much time in my studio? Am I able to utilize the facilities that uh, I was really interested in prior to even getting accepted to Amlicar? Mm. So I'm having all of these different questions of what kind of, um, you know, what kind of ex experience with my education I'm going to get. Uh, but then on the flip side, there's also this really like exciting energy that came from that meeting because the way that we looked at it is we're in this moment in history that is, you know, undoubtedly very scary, but there's a lot of potential for artists to create things that are very impactful within history and to change different ways that we experience art. And I would say for the better. So, you know, there'll be lots of things that, we may be held very high before everything that happened with COVID-19. Those might not be as important once we get out of COVID-19. So maybe, you know, large prices on just regular paintings, that might not be a thing anymore. You know, maybe right. people are really going to be striving for what kind of social experience can I have with people that's meaningful instead of, you know, just crowding around the Mona Lisa. You know, mm. it's like those kinds of, those kinds of, questions and curiosities are what I'm what I'm really interested in when I when I get to Emily Carr and uh, I'm really glad that the university is taking that kind of direction as like this you know this is very scary but we're going to have an amazing opportunity to potentially change the course of history and uh, you know that that just puts you know any fire under any artist that that really wants to be an artist Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, it makes, it makes a whole lot of sense to be excited about an education right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it because you could get really depressed and, and down in the dumps and everything like that. Uh, which, you know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I struggle too with, with that, but at the same time, I think that thinking is what sort of pulls me out too is just, you know, the people who are able to survive, it means that they've innovated in some way or done something interesting. And that's a whole new platform for the future. You're right. And that's the beauty of being an artist is that we're, we're adaptable. We, we have the creative skills to, to look at these situations. And I mean, this one's very foreign. It's like none of us in our generation have experienced this before. So, I mean, there is a lot of unknowns, but there is this ability to be, you know, to take apart what components this, you know, pandemic is dealing with. And if it's, you know, it's about everybody needing to isolate. So if we just decide, okay, everybody's isolating and everybody's going to want to socialize pretty soon. So how are we able to do that safely? And what kind of projects are going to be impactful for it? It's almost yeah. like a, it's like an equation really where you just kind of, you can take apart these different components and just see what you can add to it. Uh, so that it is so that you aren't down in the dumps about it because that yeah. definitely happens. And I've, I've seen it too. Like even just on Instagram or Facebook or talking to different artists, they're like, 
you know, my livelihood is at stake. My art, I don't know if it's going to mean anything after this or, you know, what, what am I going to, how am I going to change? How am I going to adapt? And uh, they're very big questions and there are lots of question marks. So uh, I think the, the most beneficial thing that we can all do right now is to, to brainstorm and to talk to each other and to figure out these, you know, potential ways that we can come out of this and, and be very fruitful. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. It's tough though. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've had my, I've had my low days as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, the good, the beauty is I guess with time as people have gotten used to this new life uh, of, of whatever it is we're existing in, you, you st- at least for me, it's when I've started to really be reminded of why art is important. Because in the beginning, it was just like getting to the doctor, getting fed, getting supplies and, and all that kind of stuff. But now it's like you see how art makes people um, feel better. It makes people deal. And it helps people communicate ideas and come together, and deal with being apart, like all of those kind of things. So course and yeah that it kind of reminds me of the the time that i was in poland so when i went on that artist residency in 2018 to uh to poland uh i spent 45 days alone in a in a studio space Um, like jail uh, basically it was a weird it was a weird (laughs) feeling man i felt like i was in jail for a little while (laughs) and if (laughs) so I mean, on the on the negative days, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm stuck in here. I, I don't know I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out and be the same person. But then on the positive days, you're like, holy smokes, I've got uninterrupted time to think clearly. If I can get into that state of mind, because it is. If you if you let your mind wander on the the pessimistic side of what's happening right now, and there's every reason to. There is every reason to, you know, be very upset about what's happening but if you think about it from the positive side of things you've got just about uninterrupted time to think as creatively and as openly as as you want and um so that's kind of what happened in in poland is uh you know artist residencies for artists are uh i mean there's hundreds of people that apply to residencies especially for you know different ones that are very high up there for uninterrupted time to create work and usually, usually when an artist goes on these things, it's a very pivotal moment in their, their art career. Something inevitably changes in the way that they create work from the time that they started to the time that they end. And so when that happened for me, when I was in Poland, I mean, I thought about different ways that I could be ergonomic so that I don't have to spend a whole lot of money shipping my work and keeping mm-hmm. those costs down. Or I was thinking about different ways that I, don't have to spend a whole lot of money so I'm not wasting for the sake of creating art and so those different kinds of ideas and the ways that I was thinking and the art that I was making it all it all impacted me for the for the better I mean there were definitely days that were terrible to be honest I mean spending 45 days alone and really not having a need to go talk to anybody or socialize or you know get out in the sun and just sit there and work i mean sometimes those were very heavy days but you got to think about it in in the bigger picture Mm. you know you have one or two days that are you know pretty crappy but it's uh it's important to think about it 
in the in the long run in the bigger picture so in terms of your like creative process how i'm curious did you take that thinking time to disconnect from the internet as well or were you kind of relying on the internet as input at that time in poland i really didn't pay attention to the internet i was uh -huh. thinking i i looked through a lot of sketchbooks i did a lot of writing and uh i kind of I, I just took the influences of what was in my head at the time and mm -hmm. uh you know it's always it's sometimes it's quite difficult to be like okay what what am i really after with my art practice without any kind of influence of the outside world yeah because you know some some artists they they identify with the you know the influences that they have but when you when you really ask them okay well who who are you as an artist what kind of stuff are you really interested in outside of those uh influences you know sometimes they draw a blank and it's mm -hmm. like well, well why why can't you answer that own question about what kind of who you are as an artist and yeah sometimes it is because we rely on technology or outside sources to to influence us instead of just looking at it internally yeah and that's a tough thing sometimes too because you're like okay well what do I care about? And I mean, that's, I mean, that's the first time that I dropped out of my first art university because I didn't know, I didn't know what I was passionate about. And then I mm -hmm. did a bunch of panic moves and then I, I you know, I kind of spiraled into a, it's like, who am I as an artist? And yeah. I didn't know how to answer it. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I've tried <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't want to do this anymore. And so those are very, I mean, it's a, it's a daunting task to be like, okay, what, really hits me internally to my core to actually produce something and want it out in the world. It's heavy. I probably do it every six months <laughs> where <laughs> I just like close everything out and sit and stare at nothing and uh, yeah. just like say, what do I care about? What do I want? Why am I doing this? And a couple of times I've come up with nothing and I'm like, I don't care about anything and I don't want to do anything. And I find those are the times when I um just not in a space to create, period. It's it's just like yeah, it it's yeah. It sucks. It's a it's a tough one sometimes. I think some of the I mean the misconception too is that people think that as us creatives we're just like we're creative all the time. Yeah. It's like yeah, we just like get we <laughs> we get to a blank piece of paper and we're like, yeah, we know exactly what we want to do and we're just going to go after it. But I mean, that is not the case at all. <laughs> not at all. No. Yeah. Actually, that's a syndrome that graphic designers I find deal with. I definitely, when I led, I started out more of a fine artist and then I went into graphic design and then I kind of started dabbling back into fine art and immediately I had been doing design for so long. I've been used to getting a client directive and, being given very specific things that I'm supposed to accomplish with a creative brief taken, having that taken away. It was like, what do I want to create? I have no idea. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, it was actually that point when I started doing this regular practice of asking that question, because I thought that, having a specific viewpoint as a graphic designer would actually help my practice as a designer. And then it just made me actually want to be a fine artist again. So 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you, just never, you never know what happens when you really just stop and think about yeah. you know, the kind of stuff you want to create personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So yeah. curious, like, how are you getting to Vancouver? Are you going to fly? Are you, is that, are you driving? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to drive down. Um, yeah. We'll just, you know, rent the U-Haul van, pack up our lives. Uh, I'll obviously be thinking ergonomically about uh, what stuff I'm going to be bringing. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, um, I think it'll just be a matter of, uh, seeing how the city of Vancouver is reacting to this. And, you know, I've been following a little bit of the news in BC and they seem to be, uh, slowly opening up the city again, which is nice. I'm, I'm kind of, we're in the kind of the same boat here in Saskatoon. We're part of this, this phase program that the provincial government is talking about. So it's to safely and slowly open up the cities and so I'm hopeful that come fall which is you know about three months away uh, mm. that there will be enough kind of safeties in place where we're able to find a find a home to live uh, to continue our education uh, traditionally let's say and um, yeah to do it to do it safely so you know I'm just kind of I'm watching kind of every other day just to see see what's happening yeah and then bc was a hot spot at, at one point for this it was yeah so we're how's it we're, going over in the east coast um so we we've had really low numbers in the last few days i think we had like two the other day and then one the day before that in terms of new cases in, in uh, nova scotia um yeah, New Brunswick has been kind of on a roll of not really having much happening there. So they they started this past weekend lightening some restrictions. So they opened up provincial parks and things like that. Uh, playgrounds are still closed, but uh, and now they're talking about opening up daycares, but schools are still closed. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's going to work out. But, um, yeah, they're starting to loosen restrictions, and I think that's sort of helping people feel better, but I'm still nervous that there aren't enough things in place yet to prevent a second out outbreak, if you want yeah, to Yeah, second wave. Second wave, yeah. So I'm personally being a little more reserved before I jump out and, and start doing stuff, but it is uh i would say encouraging that if if the government is starting to feel like we should move a certain way then it's making me feel okay maybe they have some information that we don't quite know yet that these things are, are heading in a positive direction so yeah, yeah very true fingers fingers it's that little bit of hope it's that it's, little bit of hope that can just keep us going you need it right <laughs> i mean it's surprising how lighter you feel when it's like okay your, your government's got a plan now. I'm like, right on. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Instead of just keeping us, you know, okay, this is the, well, I mean, this is the plan. Do nothing. I'm like, yeah. what? Okay, that's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, my, my wife's a teacher. And um, in our minds, we knew they weren't going to open the schools up for the rest of the year. But because they weren't saying it, for her, there was just this like underlying stress. What happens if they suddenly decide to open them back up? What happens? What happens? And she finally got the official word. Now she's been able to 
to relax a little bit more. So there's just something about having a specific direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that known and the unknown. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, there was something else I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, let me say, are you like, well, you kind of did say you were excited for like what these, this thing could, could bring, but like, what happens if, uh, say a year from now, we're still completely locked down? What do you, what impact do you think that might have on things? Well, that's a really, yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely staying on the, the optimistic side of things where, uh, you know, things might go back to some kind of norm. It's obviously not going to be the same. Uh, I listened to a really good podcast with uh, a gentleman named Jerry Salt. He's a New York art critic, and he was on this podcast called Talk Art. And he was talking about... Oh, I love about, his work, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. It is absolutely great. And they uh, they went on this, you know, this big conversation about uh, when, the, when the SARS uh, epidemic happened and then what was happening in London afterwards. Like, there was almost this kind of... It, it it was like this new new energy to just get artists thinking about the most important things to present and like it just kind of surged all of london to kind of get that going and so the way that i'm kind of thinking about it is that there's going to be the same kind of surge when things are like just about back to normal mm-hmm. and i you know i mean i i even felt it when there was the phase plan for the provincial government that came out in Saskatchewan. It's like, okay, there's, there's that sort of interesting excitement. And I felt myself getting that. Like I, I sat at my computer, I started thinking about things to apply for the ways that I was going to change up my art practice from a really good perspective. And so, you know, on the other hand, cause there is still the unknown of, uh, you know, how our, you know, how our daily life is going to look like for the next couple of years here. And so, the way that I'm looking at my education right now is even if I don't apply to any kind of art submissions and stuff like that, I have again, all of this uninterrupted time to just work in my mm-hmm. studio. And then the fantastic thing about being in Vancouver and being at Emily Carr university is that now I get to be with all of these international artists alongside me with great minds that are able to, you know, we're able to bounce ideas off each other and just think about the ways that like we can really create some impactful projects for everyone. Mm. So that's, those are the kind of things that are keeping me going is that even if I'm not applying for things, even if I, you know, even if I fell off the radar as a blip, you know, Jordan Baranecki hasn't been doing anything for a year, but he's been cooking up some really good projects this past year that he's very excited to present to everybody else. Those are the kind of, those are the hopeful moments that I'm thinking about uh, for the next little while, because we don't, we don't necessarily know when everything's going to go back to normal. Yeah. So instead of just waiting in the unknown in this very like anxiety feeling to be like, okay, when am I able to create work or like, when am I able to do that? I've just switched my mindset to think, you know, how much time do I get uninterrupted to just create my work? Mm Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that's all I have to think about. You yeah. know, I don't have to think about, hey, well, what, you know, 
which galleries do I want to apply for? Or like, if that, if that comes along, great. But if I just need to think about creating work, it'll be fantastic uninterrupted time to do that. Mm. That's, you know, and low key, that's something that uh, I sometimes see a lot of criticism of post-secondary education. And that is low key. One of the best things about it, just that fact you have that dedicated time to put towards yourself and your learning and your practice and the network that you, you're going to be surrounded by uh, like people that are respected or, you know, will be respected thought leaders, young thought leaders. It's it's a, it's a, an invigorating time. So that's great. Actually. It's a, it's a really good feeling. And you know, when we had that virtual meeting, uh, it was amazing to see uh, the, which you know which people were chosen for this year so i mean i'm gonna have future colleagues from brazil dubai sweden you know portland los angeles uh like alberta like i'm the i'm the one saskatchewan like, <laughs> boy <laughs> within this program which is really fantastic i mean i'm so grateful to just be part with all these people but i'm like there's amazing international talent that's coming to Emlecar this year. And those are going to be my colleagues. I'm like, this is, this is great. Like this is, I, I can't ask for anything else. Cool. Yeah. Good feeling. So you had a, um, a project you're working on called artificial wind. And you mentioned that's the most dangerous submission you could send right now. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, it was a bit of tongue in cheek at the time too, but I posted it on Instagram as well. It was, um, it is this it's really it's such a it's such a playful installation if covid wasn't going on and mm -hmm. uh so what it is it's a little black wooden panel with three drill holes in the top of it yeah and there's a sound recording device behind it with headphones plugged into it as well and so what i've invited the viewer to do is put on the headphones and blow into this panel and they can hear their invisible breath through their headphones. So it's like this continuous mm. loop of hearing, hearing the wind. And uh, I just thought about it. And I, I started laughing. I'm like, I would love to show this project, but there's no way that people would be interested in putting on headphones that you know yeah. everybody's <laughs> used and has bl blown onto this panel to, yeah. hear, to hear their own breath. That would be incredibly scary. Right. However... I've used that same idea for different submissions for different grants and different projects where that could be developed to hear, hear the wind or hear the echo of something, but from a safe distance. So those sound recording devices and those panels and those, you know, and the sounds that we're able to make with our, with our breath that we, you know, you know, we blow into the air and we think it's invisible, but it actually makes a sound if you blow into a recording device those kinds of ideas are still swirling around in my head where I'm like, that was a really curious direction that I took with my installations and I want to continue that. And now I just have to adapt the way that the next project's going to be mm -hmm. instead of just being like, okay, it's a dead end. It's like, no, it's, it's definitely not a dead end. It's definitely has to change, but it can be something very impactful. You right. know, it could be, it could be an entire crowd of people very silently blowing air like blowing their own air in different directions and then creating like a, a whirlwind of sound i mean that could be a possibility right yeah 
But so okay. those are the different projects that I'm thinking about where I'm like, okay, what's, this one's dangerous, which <laughs> is pretty funny. But right. what can I do? What can I do to make this project larger and, uh, you know, more engaging and more inclusive for more than just one person? Huh, man. There, the, I just, I wish my mind worked that way. <laughs> I can't Dude, even. You know what? I've trained myself to do this, man. This is sometimes these, these nights keep me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. Uh, maybe one day I'll get there. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's okay. All different artists make the world go round. It's, you know, it's sometimes it's, uh, when you think about different fine artists and, uh, the way that they think it's, it's very, I, I mean, I've had this thing as well. I mean, it's very impressive to, to sometimes think like that, but it's a very daunting task as well. Mm. It's like, okay, well, what, like I have to think, I have to create something out of nothing. Yeah. Or like I go off these little, little sparks of something and I got to create a flame and I got to create this to, to last and to be authentic and be original and to potentially stand the test of time. And those are, I mean, those are the things that you have to grapple with as a, you know, conceptual artist. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, if I, I wouldn't mind just drawing a landscape right now. <laughs> you know what that's where i get i get stuck actually so i'm more of your traditional painter and uh i'm tr i'm i'm more i'm sort of in the opposite i i st i don't do work because i don't feel like it's original enough and now i'm trying to get to a point where i'm okay with it not being original and just putting it out and um hopefully over time I'll get bored enough with what I'm doing that it forces me to become more original. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's the way I'm doing it. It's not a bad way to think. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely not a bad way to think to be influenced by something else before you are able to find your own voice. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's taught within arts education all the time is like, look at the greats and, out things that you like and yeah you know we're we're all all creative artists are influenced around like with the world around them i mean there's no there's no such thing as a original artist or a unique artist like everybody has taken something from the outside world and created their own ideas yes yeah it's all yeah. filtered filtered through some lens of some some way the uh the brilliance is when sometimes you the, the lens is invisible absolutely uh, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing is my, my research, like behind my art practice, you know, it used to be from a very philosophical point of view. So, and I was looking at the things, the spaces in between things. So essentially nothing. That's what I was looking at. I was looking at nothing for, <laughs> for an influence, for inspiration. Mm. And then, um, and then when I started to kind of develop as an artist, I'm like, okay, from a scientific point of view, nothing is still something. And that, mm that nothing is actually holding our world together, which is dark energy and dark matter. Like those are different things that hold what we call stuff together. Yeah. I was like, holy smokes, there's a, there's a branch of science that deals with the seemingly nothing that's around us. Mm. I'm like, okay, so that's, that's my influence now. And that makes total sense to me. Wow. So it's really nice that that's the, that's the next step that I'm going to be taking. Then my arts education is trying to 
trying to incorporate science with art in a way that we're able to see or to experience what we seemingly think as nothing. Fascinating. Um, Man, what a road. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been having some of those conversations actually recently uh, with folks at NASCAD actually. So, too, nice. so yeah, interesting things, I think, um, coming out of combining these ways of thinking. Absolutely. And I always rave about NASCAD to my friends too. And even my, uh, you know, even people that I, um, I used to go to school with and then we just talk about, uh, how, how open and engaging and exciting that university is and mm -hmm. what kind of stuff is coming out of it. And yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I've been to three different universities and, uh, yeah, there was just some, there was something about NASCAD that just really allowed people to think like very, engaged and very freely and uh critically as well like we we definitely you know bounced ideas back and forth between each other well at least i did and I, you know i criticized for them so mm -hmm. and that's that's not a bad thing that either that either strengthens my opinion on the stuff that i'm doing or it allows me to change the course so yeah. that it becomes more relatable or understandable to to a larger group of people yeah absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, so, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens with the universities here in Canada. I think yeah. it's a really unique and an interesting opportunity to, uh, yeah, to to really educate the next wave of prolific artists. I feel that too, man. I I think sometimes um, Canada punches punches hard and doesn't always give itself the credit that it deserves. And I think that goes across the board. Now, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of this challenge and how we meet it. So me yeah. too. And I totally, I totally agree with you as well. I think, uh, I think for the longest time, Canada has been very polite and very modest and, uh, it's almost undermined itself with its accomplishments. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like we did this pretty amazing thing. And like, we, you know, we were really grateful and, we did all things and it's like nobody's ever done this before and you yeah, own it, it. <laughs> and you like boast to the like boast to the tall mountaintops like go climb the mountains and our provincial parks and like scream it yeah so that everybody can hear because man i mean i was just watching the nascad thread and seeing the students that were getting awards and like you know the faculty that were doing amazing things during this time of covid and, like damn like that stuff needs to be it needs to be heard and it needs to be heard loud and oh, like that just it just it fuels me to just keep going and knowing that there are so many amazing people here in Canada that are really like pushing pushing to be really good yep love yeah. it I love it too man so uh, for the people that didn't hear you in the first episode check out episode 40 that's the first uh episode Jordan made an appearance on and um, Jordan, is there anything you want to talk about that you need to promote? Uh, keep your spirits up, everyone. I think that's the biggest thing, especially for creatives. Uh, it will be incredibly profound to know that uh, artists are going to play a major role in getting the world back to normal. Well said. Well said. So where can people find you, actually? 
Yeah, so my, my main source of uh, promotion is on Instagram at Jordan Baranecki. Simple stuff. And then uh, I'm always very active on my website as well, posting my new projects. So that is just jordanbaranecki.com as well. Sweet. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. And uh, Jordan, thanks again for hopping on our Pays Me again. Thanks for having me. It was a really good talk. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at artpaysme.com or at artpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.